cut the crest presents the screening room. Screening room. Uh, today, I am very fortunate to be joined uh, by a film and TV veteran, uh, Matthew Sterling. Now, the you might actually know the you'll know the name uh, because Matthew not only has he been uh, working for God knows how many decades now in the business, but he's worked on some of the biggest franchises, um, and he became a bit of a household name, I think, last year uh, when he had a stint on Britain's Got Talent. Um, yeah, Matthew, welcome. Hi. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you for yeah, thank you for doing this, mate. I know it's uh, I know it's difficult, um, but yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out. Um, so Matt, let's. Uh, oh God, again, it's that sort of cliche thing, right? Like, oh, where did it all begin? Um, but if you can sort of rewind your mind back a little bit to how you got into this business what wanted you um well what prompted you to get into the business i mean because you've done so many different things right you're you're you know you are a stuntman but you have acted you do the acting um you are a magician there's so many different facets to your to your work um so can you give us a little bit of insight like first of all how does that even come about like did you have that interest in everything from the beginning or did what no i i no not really i i kind of um so i i came out of school and i went straight into um drama school i went to the very famous italia conti okay. um and i was there for three years so i trained in performing arts okay uh, nearly uh, over three years actually i think i did four years in the end Oh, wow. And um, I trained in dance. I did everything. I did acting, singing, everything. And then I came out of college. I was, uh, from an early age, I was always doing magic. So I I was just fascinated by magic. And I just kind of kept it going. And and I had it as a kind of a, a very good hobby. You know, I loved I loved doing it. And, um, and, and then... I was doing a lot of shows, I was doing a lot of theatre, I was on tour, um, and I was at the Opera House in Covent Garden, and they were hiring people, basically the guy that taught me to stage fight, um, who was at college with me, um, a gentleman called Phil, who was a, a, a stage fighting choreographer and a coordinator, um, he said, look, we've got an audition going on um, for the Opera House, would you be interested? And I said, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to come along. So I went along, got the part. So I did my first opera. And then I kind of stayed at the opera house for a few years. Um, there was a lot of in-house stuff going on. And I met a guy called Richard Bradshaw, who just qualified as a stuntman. And he said, look, you'd be, you'd be perfect. Trained to be a stuntman. So I went, okay. So I took four years out and did all my training. At the same time, I was on tour with, I was on tour with the Real Monty. I was on tour with Happy Days, uh, the the musical, um, and then I just kind of went into that. Really, went into the stunt side of it, and haven't. I mean, that's now uh, it's coming up for twenty, 
21, 22 years now I've been a stuntman. Wow. And I haven't really looked back. And, and I've been very fortunate yeah. in the fact that of my look and my size um, and the fact that, I, you know, I trained as an actor, mm. that I kind of found a niche, really, for, yeah. for, for stuntmen that can hold a part, really, as it were. Yeah. Jeez, that's fascinating. I didn't realise. Okay, so it, it was theatre, really. Stage was the beginning, as seems to be the case for most actors. Uh, very much yeah. by the actor. And then progressing into this thing. As I, I didn't realise it takes four years to train. So is that like a, the equivalent of doing another degree, basically, isn't it? You're like... Yeah, well, it's... it's so get onto the stunt register now. It used to be the equity stunt register, but we've left equity. And we're now independent. So we're now the BSR, which is the British Stunt Register. Interesting. So to get onto the register, you have to have equity, which a lot of people find quite, quite hard. Um, number two, you now have to have live performance experience or you have to do um, an acting course of some sort, which is, um, I think it's a minimum of about 10 weeks, maybe 12 weeks, something like that. Right. Um, but, but I kind of came out of uh, Conti's and I went on tour and God knows what. So I, I already had my equity and I was already sorted. Yeah. Um, then what you have to do is you have to get six skills to a very high standard, but that are in certain categories that the stunt register stipulates. So you've got a falling category, for instance, and the falling category would be um, skydiving, trampolining or high diving from a 10 meter board. Jesus. Now, if if you um, if let's just say you're a good martial artist and a good fighter, you can't use six skills out of the fighting category. You're only allowed to have a maximum of two skills. So, what it gives you then is it gives you a wide spectrum of all those abilities. So you've got you know a skill and agility. You've got driving. You've got riding. Yeah. You've got water, you've got um, a falling category, you've got a fight category, you've got a miscellaneous if you're a very high standard in something that, um, you know, I mean, there's a guy that's just, uh, he's, he's on the register now. He was, I think he was Commonwealth um, a runner, um, uh, 100 metres or 200 metres. We've got people there that were professional, you know, kayakers or professional um downhill skiers or stuff like that so they use that as a miscellaneous because they're at a very high standard yeah um so my six skills i went for i did i did skydiving scuba diving fencing kickboxing trampolining gymnastics and then afterwards oh, i got onto the register um i continued with riding um and i do a lot of driving as well so i started doing auto testing and rallying and god knows what um but yeah it, it takes it takes a good an average of about four years definitely wow okay so you're doing all of that stuff intensely in that four-year period really wow yeah. yeah you can't have you can't have anything um when you put in for the register you can't have anything that's older than five years old sorry what does that what does that mean like so if it let's just say you've got uh a, a judo uh, you know you've got a black belt in judo well if if you got that in you know you're going for the register you're putting in for the register in 2000 and that qualification is older than five years old yeah. then you have to retake it oh okay i get it yeah 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 it's a bit like um trying to get sort of people over the age of 60 to retake their driving test sort of thing it's like yeah you've got to show yeah. them you're proficient like because yeah. 
to do um, Taekwondo, uh, I, I did it for a very long time. I only got to blue belt, red tip, I think. But that was like, you know, I, w I was, what, 21, right? So that was over 20 years ago. So I can't come up now and say, oh, by the way, I got this far. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I can yeah. talk now, you know. So, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. I mean, I guess the main reason it's it's a safety thing isn't it i mean you can't you know you you're putting yourself in harm's way really for the sake of your principles or you know for the sake of a scene yeah so I think yeah it'd be, it'd be pretty bad if you're not up to the task yeah jesus no no and and you're you'll very quickly get found out if you say yeah you know you know if you're you're called for a job to do a 60 foot fall and you you know, you haven't done it before. You can say, or you can, you know, ride a horse or God knows what. When it comes to it, you get quickly that you're not. And it's like, well, thanks very much. See you later on. So, yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard business. But then the thing about it is, as well, when you get onto the register, yeah. you're not guaranteed you're going to work. So it's it's kind of you've got that qualification. You're there. You've done it. But now that's where the learning starts because. You've learned these skills, you've learned these abilities, but now you're going to learn the stuff on set. It's not so much. It's not so much now. A lot more people are, um, are sort of taking courses. There's individual courses that are popping up everywhere, not to get onto the register, but just to educate you in regards to um, a fire job or um, you know a high fall or using an air arm, which is a bit of equipment that can kind of fire you into the into the air. Um, so those courses, are, those courses are coming round a little bit now, and people are, are getting wise to taking those courses. But that's when you start learning when you're on set, definitely. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Um, God, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot that you have to deal with, and then at the same time, okay. So, like, all right, I'm gonna so create a hypothetical here. Um, you know, see, so you're on set, you're about to do a stunt, but it requires performance as well like do you, how how often do you find yourself in a position where you've got to not only perform something that's pretty you know physically demanding but you're actually acting at the same time i mean there's yeah yeah most of the time you you're you're very rarely get a sequence where you're not performing beforehand because right. they've got a they've got to have that continuity there for cutting in Mm. and for establishing what's going to happen mm. um so nine times out of ten you are you are performing i, I did a thing like uh uh what were we in two, uh, 2000 i must have been two years ago i did a thing called bulletproof and the director who had cast me for it i was basically playing a um a serbian assassin okay um they wanted this quite an intricate um, chase sequence in cars uh, the two leads are chasing me. They, they had, we had three car chases in total, and the third one, they catch up with me, and we had to be weaving in and out of traffic and okay. J turns and drifting cars and handbrake turns and blah blah blah. Um, so they wanted a, 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 a stunt man that could act because they wanted to be able to cut in to show that it wasn't a stunt man doubling him. Yeah, right. Um, and the director hadn't really used a stuntman in that context before. And he said, you know what, after this, he said, I'm going to use, I'm going to use stuntmen all the time because if I can get away with it, I can do because number one, it's cheaper mm. because you're not paying for an actor and a stunt double. Yeah. Uh, 
and number two, it's better for us because you're seeing you're seeing that performance of that person. So you haven't got to cut away, you haven't got to cheat it, you haven't got to put a wig on them. Yeah. You know, you haven't got to. It's, there's loads of elements where you can say, well, we can film that actual person getting hit by a car, or yes. that person driving the car, or that person. So it's it's better for productions, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in that sense, it's it's nice. It's nice to get to get those little parts and, and do it. And it's not it's not something that's foreign to me. I, you know, I've been performing since I was sort of fifteen years old, really. So you know, it's 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 not it's nothing out of the ordinary to me. Yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense because I did want to uh, talk a little bit about you get um. You know, I've seen even myself on sets. I've seen uh, stunt people doing exactly that, basically, where they, but they're sort of. I used to call them plants because they're sort of planted in with the background people, um, yeah. and and you can see them. You know, and but it would be uh, very very wrong to uh, assume that they are also just extras because. Uh, they're not right. Like your your Rogue One stuff, for example. Um, if I do, uh, the listeners are probably sick and tired of listening to me going about Star Wars. But that was like, um, you know, that 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 kind of highlights that to me, where you're a soldier, but you show up at a very specific time during all the outdoor, exp- <laughs> with all the explosions and the running around. And like, you know, I remember, okay, I'll, t- I'll put this into context. This is why it kind of stuck out as well. I once got a um, a job come through. It was just background stuff. But to be, I think it was for Jungle Book 2. And they wanted a whole bunch of, I guess, like brown people uh, running <laughs> through this jungle and stuff. I remember looking and it said, you know, you don't need any experience, no acting experience necessary or any of that. Anybody could do it as long as you look the look the part. And I was looking at this thing, and I'm not particularly fit anymore. And, you know, they basically said, you are going to be running back and forth, like the length of a soundstage or whatever, multiple times throughout the day or days. I can't remember how many days they wanted us. I think it might might have been just the one. But I remember looking at that thinking, there's no freaking way I can do this. You know, I'm I'm just going to leave this to, you know, the, the professionals, shall we say. So when I saw, you know, um, and the, well, actually Rogue One was before this, so... It, it sort of sprung up in my mind that, of course, you would have people who are physically capable of doing this stuff and who are comfortable being surrounded by explosions. Because during that third act of that film, I mean, it's carnage, right? It was like a proper saving Ionesque yeah. war thing going on. Like, can you talk a little bit about that experience particularly? I mean, you're you're there and you're basically having to take you're kind of making all the other extras look good. But actually, how, how many extras were there? Or was everybody there a stunt person? All of those soldiers, that band that goes away with the, uh, with the heroes? Um, there, was, there was a core group of us. So as the rebels, there was about, like the main feature guys, there was about eight of us that was us. Um, as I say, I was lucky enough to be one of the five that were the core, core team around Felicity. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you saying about the, the sort of planted in there, the, the amount of people, I've got a couple of mates that go to me now. Well, I, when I talk to people on set, you know, you talk to makeup and God knows what they go when they watch a film and they see my face appear, they know that something's going to happen. Uh-huh. Somebody's going to die. Something's <laughs> going to happen. It's usually me that dies. Um, 
but yeah, it, it was it was um, the funny thing was we actually I think when I did Rogue One, we started um, we started at we were filming at uh, Bovingdon Airfield, so they made all that sort of sand area and the palm trees and God knows what that was going to match up for when we went out to the Mount Maldives. Hmm. And we started with that sequence. We started with us running out of the ship and blasting away and doing all that sequence. So we didn't come into it, you know, slowly and then work up to it. We literally started with that sequence. It was like, you're in it, bang, this is the sequence, go. Yeah. Um, and it was a bit, it was a bit mad. It was a bit mental. And, you know, the amount of pyros going off and, yeah, we had um, zerk balls, which are the the, the, um, the sparking balls, to make it look as though, you know, they, they they're shot out of paintball guns. Oh. Um, so there were those going off. We had, you know, guys on air rams. We had huge explosions, and the the script was changing all the time. So we really didn't know where we were going with it and what, what we were doing. We kind of had the, a rough premise of what what we were doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's but a sequence like that, it can be a bit mad and manic but you're not kind of dropped into it and go right action everything is planned out so strategically you know and you've got um uh, the guys coming in as the the scat i can't remember they were called scarab is it scarab troopers the the sign of sandy oh yeah yeah the scarif um whatever yeah um we had loads of those guys with loads of the normal stormtroopers i think they were um so yeah, it's 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 it is a bit it is a bit weird sometimes. I mean, I got um, we went back out, we went back to uh, Bobbingdon, and I did a sequence where my character steps on a landmine. They never used it in the film, and I was a bit gutted really because it was a really nice gag. Um, and and I was supposed to get blown up, and I got thrown about I don't know eight ten foot into the air, and wow. Okay. Um, and the second take, I I I I didn't land right and i knocked myself out and I, and and i was out for a couple of seconds but i literally woke up and when you wake up after being knocked out you kind of want to see you know a friendly face like a paramedic or something like that and i've opened my eyes and all i could see was a stormtrooper looking over me and an alien and they were both saying to me are you are you all right Matt? and i was thinking where the hell am i what have i what's just happened to me you know do you know what i mean um but it's yeah it's 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 weird it's just some people are, you know, men and women are just people that haven't grown up really, you know, because we run around, we dress up in funny costumes and we shoot guns and we drive cars and we ride horses and it's a strange world. It's a really weird world. And if you sit back from it sometimes, you go, this is just so surreal. You know, you're sitting there and you're talking to your mate and he's dressed as an alien, <laughs> you know, and this one's dressed as a cowboy and this one. And you just sit down and having a conversation. It's just... It's the weirdest thing. It's just, you know, to anybody else, it'd be the most surreal thing. But to us, it's just a normal day at the office, really. Yeah, yeah. I can I can only imagine. Um, yeah, bizarre. And it's a shame, I suppose, when you, you're saying, you know, you had this, the land, like the landmine scene. It is a shame that that kind of stuff got cut out because you put so much into it. In, in your case, I mean, it literally knocked you out. Um, and that goes to show also that this stuff... You're talking about the planning side of it. You can plan, 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 but um, there's always this element of, you know, not really knowing. Like, we, unfortunately, you know, there's been in the news of the past few years, you know, we've seen a few, uh, a few people um, leave us, unfortunately, due to accidents. Um, 
like how how wary of that kind of thing are you or do you or can you not think about it like do you just have in order to do the job you, that can't even register right there's there's a risk in everything you do so you take it, it you, you're making a calculated risk um you're always going to have that element that you know there's always an element of danger yeah um so hence the fact that we're used you know uh, um we try and minimize that risk and the risk has now become less and less and less with modern technology and god knows what but you're always going to have an element of risk um and not yeah i mean if you're gung-ho and you're oh you know you know i get people all the time come up to me and go you know, oh, you're the stunt man, blah, 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 blah. You know, if I'm at a gig or something, I'm doing magic or something. Like that. Um, they go, oh, yeah, you know, you are, you must be fearless. I go, no, I'm, I, I, I'm not fearless. I, I, I know my limits. Um, and I'm a kind of very, what's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of a very methodical person. And, and I'll, I'll assess what could possibly happen here, what could possibly go wrong. Um, and when you do that, when you make a risk assessment as well now. So in that sense, it's um, you try and make it as safe as you possibly can. These people that come in and they think, you know, it's all bravado and it's all gung-ho, yeah. blah, 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 they last two minutes. Because as somebody once said to me, any idiot can do a stunt once. <laughs> yeah so true that's it any idiot can do it but you've got to be able to do it again mm. and again and again and again mm. and again so that those those guys last two minutes yeah. so in that sense you know the, the people that i work with are some of the safest people i know i mean you know when i go skydiving people say to me oh you're nuts you know you skydive i go actually the people i skydive with are probably the safest people i know yeah um you know, and when you're doing a fire job, you pick on the people that you know to be able to put you out or they're picking on you to say, look, I need your help here. I'm going to be, I want to be put out here, you know, within 10 beats. I want to, you know, so everything, you know, you're looking out for each other. You are looking out for each other through anything you do, because sometimes if the shit hits the fan, mm. you've got to be on the ball. And you've got to be calm enough to go, right, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. This is how we're going to deal with it, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it is a, it's a very very strange it's a very strange business, but the bravado doesn't last long. No, right? what, those people that have got the bravado. Yeah. Thanks very much. See you later on. Get rid of them. But do you see a lot of that then. It, it sounds to me like perhaps you do get the odd um, person like that. On you a... do get the you do get the odd one, and the problem being is now. Um, when I first got onto the register, there was only two, about 250 people on the register. Interesting. Problem being, the problem being is now there's nearly 550 odd people on the register. It's doubled in size. And the internet and social media has done that. And the problem being is things have been put in, you know, onto the net that people go, oh, I want some of that. Oh, I'm I'm not scared. I'm not fearless. I'm fearless. Blah 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 blah. Mm. And that's not what the industry is about. They all want to be wearing the you know the the t-shirt and the hat and the baseball jacket and 
and this and saying, oh, I'm a stuntman, I'm a stuntman. And, mm. and it's, it's kind of seen as a very, um, as, a, as a chat up line. And I've, I've been to loads of events. I, I can't even be able to begin to tell you the amount of events I've been to mm. where um, I've given my business card out to people, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing a close up magic or a cabaret or a hypnosis show or whatever it is. Uh, and I've got some lovely quotes on there. I've got quotes by Ryan Reynolds. I've got quotes by um, Hugh Jackman. I've got quotes by Daniel off of Potter for my magic. And people go, oh, you know, you've got some amazing quotes on here. Have you got these? And I go, well, I don't do this full time. I'm, I'm actually a stuntman. And they go, oh, you must know so-and-so, so-and-so. And I go, no, I've, I've got no idea. And at events that I've been to, they go, oh, yeah, he's a stuntman. And they point out somebody and I go, no, he's not a stuntman. And I'll go over to them and they're holding court and going, yeah, there I was. I was working on this Bond film. And, I, and they're using it as a, as, a, as a chat up line, as a look at me, you know, I'm a stuntman. Like people used to do years ago, I'm a pilot, you know, or I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a doctor or something. Um, and I've, I've seen it so many times, so many times. Yeah. Um, and and it's, it's, that's not what it's about, really. It's about... It's about wanting to do it. It's that passion to do it, and for the passion to to make it look good, and that you know to be the silent, the silent sort of actor, really, the silent performer yeah. that people go wow. And and that kind of annoys me a little bit in the fact that we we still we still not recognised. We're still not recognised within BAFTA. Yeah. And we're still not recognised within the Oscars. Yeah. We, there's no Oscar nomination for stunt performers, and there's no BAFTA nomination for for, for stunt performers. And I kind of think that's wrong because we are an integral part of 90% of TV shows yeah, and 90% of the films that come out in the cinema. Yeah, it's bonkers. I mean, that's been a conversation certainly on my private Facebook um, page. You've seen that with, the, with film people. I mean, people in the industry who are actually performing, you know, at least the few people that I know are certainly on board with having that as a, as a thing it needs to be a category you know um and i'm just baffled as to why it why it isn't it doesn't seem to make sense to me especially when you know there is that crossover it's not like you can just isolate it as one thing you were saying you know they're also actors they're they're performing they're they're doing stunts as well you know it's not just yeah it's not just some isolated thing that you can say actually well that's not that important as you say like especially in this day and age look at all the stuff that we're watching and the films that we're talking about that form part of your filmography you know you're talking about stuff that involves a lot of action fast and furious star wars uh yeah yeah and you know all that stuff um yeah it's it's a bit of a sad situation but hopefully hopefully it'll change right hopefully it'll if we keep banging fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed it'll come around because the annoying thing is, you know, that kind of, uh, that adds, that sort of puts salt into the wound as well. When you you see the BAFTA nominations or you see the Oscars at the beginning and they go, you know, it's been a wonderful year for films and blah, 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 blah. Let's see, and they'll turn to a big screen and go, let's see what's come out this year. Yeah. You can guarantee you'll have Bond, Kingsman, Wonder Woman, The Marvel, DC. There'll be action sequences and God knows what, and people getting blown up and cars crashing and fights happening and, yeah. And you go, well, hold on a minute. That was that was that was me then. Yeah. There's no there's no recognition for them. Yeah. Nothing at all. 
And I find that kind of sad and a bit of a kick, kick really, to the lower regions. But you know what? Hopefully it will come round. Hopefully one day it will come round. Seems to be enough noise about it. I think um, it has to. It, to me, it just seems inevitable that at some point that has to uh, come into play, and um, the academy and those guys need to. They will. They 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 will recognise it. I think they have to at some point. Because as you say, it's yeah. centre. You know. Um, well, kind of on that same subject. So, like, you know, it's it's a running gag, I suppose, in some films and stuff and parodies where you have the 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 doubles or um, or the the stunt uh, double or whatever. So they cut from like you know the the, the close up of the um, the principal, and then they cut away, and then they come back to the principal. Like you know that spaceballs scene is comes to mind. That's not quite stunts, but you know where they've accidentally just shot with all the um the stand-ins or something and they're all like kind of poor lookalikes um but i saw a scene in um oh god you gotta forgive me i used to be a fan of this franchise as well but i can't remember which fast and furious film it was but you're it's you going head to head with uh dwayne johnson the rock right in that sequence i mean because I, 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 I was lucky enough to do a little bit of background stuff on Hobbs and Shaw, and I saw that he had a stunt double. But the chap, I mean, he, he only looked, he only resembled The Rock in terms of, like, uh, their skin tone, really. Even size-wise, actually, the double looked bigger. But he was also heavier set, you know, like, there, <clears throat> there seemed to be a bit of a disparity. And I wonder, um, when I was watching your scene, where you where you tell him... Was you? What's your line to him? It's something like, "Oh, I'm not going to tell you shit" or something. I ain't telling you shit. <laughs> yeah. How much of that fight sequence was actually him, and how much did he have to rely on you? Like, did you lead that entire sequence? So we. So the guy that doubles uh, Dwayne is a guy called Tanahoy. He's um, he's Dwayne's cousin, I think. He is. He's doubled him for a long, 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 long time now. Okay. So within that sequence, there wasn't anything major for him to do as regards to stunts. Okay. He was basically there to assist with all the wire gags. So to make it look as though He's... he was lifting me up and throwing me through the table, throwing me through the ceiling, throwing me into the window. Yeah. So uh, we rehearsed with Tanahoy, so he was the right size and the right height for me to make eye contact. Um, and then Dwayne did the whole thing. Dwayne did the whole lot with me. Oh. Um, and we just shot that in about, I think we shot that in two days. Okay. Um, and Dwayne was just there to do the scene and make it look as though he was chucking me through, you know, the ceiling and through the table and, and, and around the room, really. But then, so, um, sorry, go ahead. Go on. No, I was just going to say, so he was, so. Um, so I... there was, there was no risk to him. Right. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that maybe then the chap that I saw. Was the same guy then? Uh, must have been his. Uh, sorry, well, how did you pronounce his name? Tanahoy. Tanahoy. He's he's Hawaiian as well. He's yeah. He's from he's from he's from Hawaii as well. Yeah. Um, but as I say, he's he's doubled him. He's doubled him for a long, long time. Okay, so how does that work in terms of um, shooting the scene? So you, you're saying you you guys. So it was you and Tanahoy who did the sequence, worked out the uh, I guess the blocking and all of that stuff. So Dwayne Johnson is there observing, is he? So he knows what his marks are. He's not even there at all. No, 
So what will happen is we'll shoot a previs. Yeah. So a previs is a prevision of what the director wants to kind of see and what we visualize. So yeah. it'll give you all the camera angles, where the best angles are to shoot it, yeah. where the best angles are to make the best impact. So they'll shoot the whole sequence, you know, showing the wires, me and the harness, blah, blah, blah. There's no visual effects as regards to trying to cut out the wires or all that sort of stuff. And then the director says, yeah, that's what I want. And then Dwayne comes in, sets his marks, boom, and we do the whole we do the whole thing, and that's it. Oh, wow, okay. Wow, so it's, it sounds efficient, basically, like extremely. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's got to be. It's, it can't be, you can't turn up on the day and go, okay, what are we going to do? Mm. It's got to be, right, this is the first bit we're doing. This is the second bit. This is the third bit. We go back and repeat that. Mm. Because when you're doing a stunt sequence, it's it's... You've got to get it right, but you've got to try and get it right in the, the, the least amount of time, really, because it's stress on everybody. And it's, yeah. you know, it, it, it's all right. You know, you get into trying to try into, uh, into a load of optics, uh, and there was a, wind, uh, a mirror, uh, false, you know, um, um, shoe glass bottles, glasses, God knows what. Yeah. Were, it was glass shelves and everything. And we had one go at it because me going over the bar into all this yeah. was probably cost them about eight grand. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because that stuff just is brittle, right? It just falls apart, basically. Wow. Jesus. Okay. So you can't kind of do that and go, no, yeah, I don't think we, no, I didn't have enough cameras on that or the light wasn't right or anything like that. Can't do it. No. No. Can't do it because now that eight grand has now gone to 16 grand if you're going to do it again. Yeah. 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 You know, it's so. It's got to be right. You've got to be doing it right. And you don't want to be doing it and getting away with it and then going, oh, let's risk it again. Let's see if we can do that again. Yeah. You can't. You, it's, you've got to get it right and do it, you know. Um, and that's when accidents happen, when it gets complacent and God knows what, and people start rushing things and starting to do things that haven't been planned. Um, but, um, but yeah, that took, I think it was a day to, re day to rehearse it or two days to rehearse it. Yeah. And then two days to shoot it. Wow. Okay, that's that's incredible. Um, what is it's going to sound ridiculous, and you've probably been told this loads of times uh, or asked this loads of times. What is the most dangerous stunt that you've ever done? Um, I think probably when I was quite early on in my career, mm. um, I was doing a jump off of a train uh, for the Legend of Zorro, and I had to jump off of a moving train, and I'd never kind of jumped off anything moving quite so fast as that that was doing about 30 kilometers um but i had to kind of land on my feet and 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 go yeah um that was a it was quite a dangerous one but it's funny because you can you can look at some jobs and go right you know this is this is okay and you or you know it's quite a dangerous jump and an intricate thing and it's it, it, it's absolutely fine yeah I, I did a i did a bicycle and not a motorbike a bicycle lay down so like somebody's coming down and they drop the bike yeah. and I had to land and I, and I broke my collarbone. So yeah. it's just, it's just ridiculous things, you know, little things that can catch you out. You just suddenly go, what? Mm. Um, um, what else done? Various fire jobs here and there, um, stair falls. Um, I've been, no, I've been quite lucky really. I think probably that I did a nice little fall for a thing called, uh, Shadow of a Gunman? I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, I had to do a, a nice 
was only about 40 foot full, but it was quite a, for me, it was, I didn't get the opportunity to do a lot of high falls because it was used as the sort of smaller people that were doing it and the, the thinner people. And I had to double this guy to come out of a out of a window about six foot below me, hit a pitch roof, come off the pitch roof and then go into the fall. And that was a, that was a nice little job. I did that twice. Um, it was a nice little job. Wow. But yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, beats working for a living, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems that. Um, so speaking of work, uh, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you you do the the magic show. Um, you're a magician. Uh, yeah. And you have to sort of you're explain to these guys that, you know, it's only a part time thing. And actually your your bread and butter is is, is the film work, uh, film and TV. But the, let's talk if we can. Let's talk about the magic stuff a little bit, um, because uh, basically how I came to know your name uh, was through my wife. Uh, quite a few years ago, Artie kept saying, we need to go see my friend uh, Matt perform. He's a, he's a magician. He's performing in town. You know, uh, we need to go. We need to go. And sadly, we never got around to it. And um, you know, uh, yeah, and we and we missed it. And now with you know the current situation, God knows when we're going to be back in uh, back in theaters properly. But um, the magic last year took you to Britain's Got Talent. So can I ask? Well, how did that come about? Because you were obviously already performing you're already established a uh, magician um that's already going quite well what what made you even want to uh go on to britain's got talent uh, 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 so initially i didn't want to do it initially i wasn't going to do it they asked me um so i i went on it last year it was 2019 so yeah. 2019 2000 i think 2016 or 2017 yeah they were very interested in me they, they have researchers and they go around and they find people that have got, you know, interesting stories and all this sort of stuff. Hmm. So they said, would you be interested in going on it? I said, I'm not, uh, no, I'm not. There's going to be loads of magicians and it's usual stuff and I'm not, not really interested. Yeah. Um, and that particular year, a mate of mine who's a really good magician, Jamie Raven, um, was, was doing the show as well. So I didn't really want to go up against him anyway. Yeah. So what happened was I did my show at the theatre at Leicester Square again. And apparently a researcher came and saw the show and then contacted me again and said, look, we're really interested in you coming to do something. And I said, yeah, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. That same year, yeah. I was in talks with Sky TV with another mate of mine, stunt guy, called Roy Taylor. Okay. And we were kind of, we were on Spectre together. And we were discussing the concept of a, a magic stunt show for tv so there would be there would be magic with stunt elements yeah so um i said yeah, it's a good idea i think we can do this and we came up with a load of ideas we went to sky tv they were really interested in us and we had various meetings and it was going somewhere and then it just kind of fell by the wayside and we were like okay fine so i had a lot of these ideas still in my head and, and written down then I was out doing a, um, uh, I was out in India doing a Bollywood film. Oh, interesting. And I came, came back and lo and behold, they, Britain's Got Talent had contacted me. Yeah. And I had this idea in my head of what I wanted to do. And I said, right, I'm, I'm happy to do this. I'm happy to do Britain's Got Talent. Um, I said, I've got an act that I'd like to do. I've got an idea for an act. I said, but the most important thing is, 
I do not want anybody in that audience or any of the judges to know that I'm a stuntman. I said, because I want the element of surprise. Yeah. I said, I want to be able to walk out there and say, hi, yeah, I'm a magician. So all four, all four judges go, oh, here we go. He's another magician. What to do? Because if I'd have walked out there and said, hi, my name's Matt Sterling and I'm a stuntman, they would have gone, right, something's going to happen here. Yeah. And that's, that's what we wanted. So I went to Britain's Got Talent, had a meeting with the producers. I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. They went, we love it. We love it. You're going to go straight into the Palladium. Mm. Yeah. So I did a previous for them. Like I was telling you, yeah. we, I got a load of my mates together, filmed it, did it different angles, blah, 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 put the whole thing together, sent it to them. They said, we love it. Can you do this on the night? And I went, yeah, it's not a problem. It's not a problem. You give me the wing space and you give me the, um, my Tony Christian doing the high fall. I said, we need to take some of the seats out to put a box rig in there for to catch Tony Christian. Um, and I said, we can do it. No problem at all. Okay, fine. Uh, and we did it. It went mental. It went absolutely mental overnight. You know, the sun were on the phone, the Daily Mirror. Um, a lot of the Daily Mirror kind of took a bad side to us because they were going, what's this guy doing on Britain's Got Talent? He's already established he's a really famous stuntman and he must be worth millions. I was like, oh, God, you know, trust the mirror. Um, <laughs> the Sun interviewed me. The Daily Mail interviewed me. And blah, blah, blah. It went, it went mad. We went through to the second round. Um, yeah, and we, we went to the truth the semi-finals. And we got as far as we wanted to get to. Because it wasn't about... I knew we were never going to win. I knew we were never going to win. There was no way we were never, never going to win. Because Britain's Got Talent look for that person that they can represent and they can put out on tour. Yeah. And I said to them from the beginning, when I sign the contract, you sign me as Matthew Sterling, the magician, not as a stuntman. Because I didn't want Britain's Got Talent taking a commission on you know, my stunt work that I've been doing for 21 years. And they were, they were going to do that. You know, their, their contract ties you up big time. Um, yeah yeah it really does tie you up and I, and I wasn't really interested in that mm. um, but we had fun it was great and it was it was good it was great publicity for me mm. to be able to do it and then functions after that you know my money went up mm. um, and people still go oh my god you're the guy from Britain's Got Talent blah 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 and it's it's yeah, it's, it's nice to get that recognition really for what we did and, and that we entertained and just made just made it a little bit different. Just made it a little bit of a, a spark, really, a bit different. Yeah, I suppose there has to be that something, that edge to it, right? There's got to be that different hook. And, and that's it, really, combining your two strong suits. Um, I might cut this bit out, but what's Jason Curl? Do you know Jason Curl? Yeah. Yeah, he was in that, right? He was one that's of it. Because I saw him post. Jason, Jason did the Matrix. Jason did the lean back. Yeah. The Matrix gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason was there. Yeah. So I had Jason, uh, Tony Christian, Matt. Uh, there was about 10 guys we had all together because we had to obviously have four people for the, the fire job, plus the guy on fire, Jason, two yeah. of my mates to play the men in black that ripped my shirt off, <laughs> and Tony up in the and Tony up in the gods. Amazing. Okay, because he posts he's not he's quite a private guy. Um yeah. and uh but yeah, he was on my Facebook before he left it. Now we just follow him on Instagram and stuff, um, and chat on WhatsApp or whatever. But he, yeah, he. I remember him posting that picture, 
I think maybe that's when I started realizing. I was like, oh, look, there's a magician on, you know, uh, on, on this show. Because um, I don't really follow those programs. Um, but, but I saw this thing, I was like, and I showed it to Artie because I think we'd only met Jason maybe a year or so prior to that. I think it was 2000, right. 2018 was the first time we met him. And I said, oh, look, he's doing this thing on Britain's Got Talent. And Artie was like, that's Matt. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so this is supposed to be, oh, okay. Yeah, small world. Jeez, okay. Yeah, that, as soon as you start talking about that, hang on a second. I remember. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very cool. Gosh, okay. Um, all right, so let's let's move on to God. There's so many different things that we can we can talk about. Your yeah, your career. You're so multifaceted. I mean, you hear that expression sometimes, that term uh, used to describe entertainers, but like you are the epitome of it. Actor. <laughs> magician um you know stage tv film everything really um gosh where did we go from here because i'm a bit sort of yeah actually i'm a bit yeah <laughs> there actually is that we could talk about um well is there anything that you wanted to um like no i mean it's it's a say i've had you know, I've had I've had um, other interviews with people, and they say, "Oh, you know, you've, you've done this, and have you done that?" And it, I just go and do the things that I've wanted to do, and just um, and put time in. Really, I mean, it's um, it's quite it's quite nice because at the moment, I mean, the work's coming back again. Yeah. And uh, you know, like like you posted, we had the pictures which we were packed in um, in Liverpool doing Batman. Yeah. Which is quite nice. I'm back on Batman, but I've got the opportunity two at the moment which is quite nice um i'm the magical advisor on the new doctor strange which is absolutely okay. brilliant because i've never had the opportunity to do it um so i'm advising them on their on their magic there's a there's there's a sequence where um somebody's performing magic so i'm, I'm helping the actors um so it's just nice to be able to utilize for things that you you have a passion for and I've just kind of gone out there and gone I like doing that I'm getting paid for something I enjoy doing yeah um and you know I've got lots I've got lots of mates that I used to go to school with and god knows what and you know and they follow my career and they go it's incredible it's great it's amazing what you're doing and I go yeah but it's just a, at the end of the day it's just a it's just a job you can't put yourself on a pedestal for it hmm. um yeah, other people do that and, We'll put yeah, they yeah exactly they they do. Unfortunately, it's you know it's nice, it's fantastic, and it's yeah. um, it's it's great, and I and I love I love doing what I do, and I've I've got some I've made some wonderful friends doing it, and and yeah, and I still I don't get up in the morning and go oh no oh, I've got to go to work. I get up in the morning and go right, what are we doing today? This is going to be all right. So that cup and you're aching and god knows what then it is it isn't great you know you've beaten up been beaten up the day before or you've done a you know fall down the stairs or something yeah um but yeah it's this it's different i enjoy it and, and to get paid for something you enjoy doing on every level mm. um it's great because you can't put all your eggs in one basket i feel very very sorry for a lot of my friends that will you know in the west end and a lot of people that are in musicals and god knows what because that's their one thing and that, that's it. And I feel very sorry for my mates who are, uh, I've got mates of mine that are, are magicians. And of course, the you know, magicians at the moment, they're not working, you know, hypnotists aren't working and yeah. mentalists aren't working because we can't do the shows and the social distancing and that sort of stuff. 
So I touch wood that I'm very lucky in the fact that I've put my time into so many different things that that I enjoy and I get I get I get joy out of and I get paid. Yeah. And if one drops, I can pick the other one up. Yeah. Okay, I'll drop that one. I'll pick this one up and I'll do that. Yeah. And it doesn't, but you know, you know, last year I did. Uh, I must have done about 35, 40 gigs last year, weddings, parties, wow. and God knows what. And it just makes me smile sometimes when they go, oh, you know, the magician's really, really good. And they've got no idea what I've been doing that day. Yeah. You know, I've been driving a car into a brick wall or something or, you know, leaning out of a car and shooting people with a machine gun. And they've got no idea, absolutely no idea at all. Yeah. Um, and it's just having that that sort of secret life, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I say, it's still a job. It's just a job. And, you know, my dad's a builder. My mum's... My mum used to work for a counselling company, what? and my mum and dad go, you know, they're 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 the most down to earth. If it wasn't if it wasn't for my dad mm. taking me to the theatre and me having a a, a passion for the theatre, and then them seeing that I had this passion and encouraging me, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So in that respect, I'm very very lucky yeah. um, that I had parents that were so encouraging that said, look, if you want to go and do it, you go and do it because otherwise you'll spend the rest of your life thinking what if, what if, and I'll, you know, I'd be working in Barclays Bank or something. So mm-hmm. in that sense, I'm very, very, very lucky, very, very honoured, really. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, and proof that, yeah, we need to encourage the younger generation, basically, uh, not try and put them off like the typical thing with, at least in my culture, Asian culture, you've got to be, you know, an engineer or a doctor or this or that, but I think times are changing. Um that support is there but that yeah that's incredible that's a beautiful story yeah it's it's i mean we're in a strange world now you know we're in a we're in a strange world of social media you know everybody's on you know instagram and everybody's on facebook and that everybody everybody puts their their good stuff in you know their their this, this is this is a picture of me in dubai and this is a picture of me in a helicopter and this is a and everybody's all you're all trying to up themselves they're all trying to you know this is the better themselves there's very occasional times where you get somebody that's on facebook and just goes you know this is me in my underpants watching tv <laughs> yes because those pictures are boring you know or if somebody puts on you know facebook i'm feeling really depressed today i'm not having a great day today very rare that people do that because everybody's you know, all trying to Fun. just up themselves and yeah. show the best side of their life yeah, yeah. so it, it's it's kind of a you know, it's a it's a strange it's a strange place. It's a really really strange place, and and we're all trying to impress, and we're all looking for that second um, appreciation of what we do. Mm. Um, you know, and that 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 uh, you know, people saying you're amazing, you're great, you're fantastic, you're awesome, you're incredible. You know, and people that have got twenty thousand followers on their Instagram, their Twitter, and their Facebook. Yeah. You know, they're in their own mind, they're famous. Yeah, but yeah. They're still, they're still trying to establish something and and be something and be great. And it's and it's instant now. Do you know what I mean? Everything's instant. Bang, 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 bang. You know, you, 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 your feeds and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's a strange, very fast-moving world. Mm. And a lot of people don't didn't know that world beforehand. You know, I'm I'm nearly fifty years old now. So I knew the world before mobile phones and the internet, like you know, like you. It's it, yeah. and and you kind of sit back and you go, bloody hell, what did we do without the internet? 
yeah. what, what what did we do without mobile phones you know what did i do when i was on the toilet yeah did i just it's it's, it's weird Game Boy was my toilet thing. I'd just sit there for five hours, whether I even needed to go or not, just on the Game Boy. It's it is it's a bizarre world, right? And there's a I know some people who seem to think that 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 is the be all and end all. That the, the social media getting likes and this. And I was explained to somebody uh, close to me not too long ago, actually, that you know that doesn't necessarily equate to uh, paying your bills. For some people, it does. Yeah, fine. But like if you're just because you're getting 50, 100, thousands or whatever, however many likes on a photograph, uh, it's meaningless, right? It's just this snapshot in time. And, and you know, the, the picture itself is a snapshot in, in time. But then that putting that post on, on Instagram in itself only has a lifespan of however long, right? Maybe minutes, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Uh, it doesn't equate to a successful career. It doesn't equate to... Uh, money necessarily for some people I know it does but but for the majority I'm sure it doesn't and you know it's it, you know it's kind of inconsequential at the end of the day I, at least that's how I feel about it you know I'm I'm seeing from a psychological point of view mm. I'm seeing a lot more when I go and do gigs um, and, and I'm interacting with people I'm seeing a lot more younger people sort of the age of about I know 18, 20 and down, yeah. communication skills and confidence is lacking a massive amount, yeah. a huge, huge amount because they can't sustain eye contact. They can't interact and have a laugh. And, yeah, yeah. and, and it's quite worrying in that respect because I, you know, when I, when I go over to a group of people and I go, hi, how are you doing? I'm Matt, I'm a magician. How are you? Blah, blah, blah. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? That involvement, and I, and I'm seeing a lot more people now. You just kind of, I mean, there's there's a, a really strange one. I I um, and I'm with one of the comedians, and he was going, look at that table over there. And there was a group of girls all dressed up, looking lovely. They weren't really talking to each other, all about this on their phones, you know, anyway. And their cocktails turned up. So they all took pictures of the tails. Then their food turned up. And I, I've never seen it before. They all stood on their chairs for their food. <laughs> and then they were posting their pictures. And they were just constantly looking for their phone to ping to to see who liked their pictures of their food. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bonkers. Like, yeah. What, what's, going, what's going on here? What's, <laughs> what, what's going on? Like, who? So, years ago, when we didn't have mobile phones, for a meal, yeah. did you take a camera with you? You take a picture of your food and then <laughs> get that developed and go around, go around your work and go, hey, look, look at this. I had fish and chips last night. Look at that. Look at that. It's... it's it's the weirdest thing. It's just bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I used to, do, I tell you, I, I used to take pictures of. Um, there, there was a period, and I can't remember why, but I was having to make my own food. I'm not a good cook, and I'm quite <laughs> useless when left on my own. Right. So if I didn't party, I'd be in serious trouble. Uh, it was just <laughs> because of cereal and takeaway all the time. 
and I had I went through this short phase though where I was actually trying to cook, and and I put a pizza together. It wasn't even cooking really. I just took like a frozen base and chucked all these vegetables and cheese and stuff on it, and I burnt this thing to an utter crisp. <laughs> just kept happening. Or just kept ruining my food, and I and I did take pictures of that. I would take pictures of that and put it on the on Instagram or whatever it was, and people were like you know and just just for a laugh really. And then I, I used to go through health kicks, you know, on and off, and I went through this again another phase where I was juicing a lot, right? <laughs> there was basically I'll tell you what it was. I was trying to get ready. I was trying to get lose my punch. I had this slight little you know. Uh, tubby belly and I wanted to get rid of it so I could fit into this Robin fancy dress costume for my mate's uh, daughter's uh, birthday which was on Halloween right so right. this big fancy dress thing so like for weeks on end I was doing this and it was kind of dangerous actually but I, I was juicing basically uh, and I had a recipe book and I would follow it but no matter what I did these things just <laughs> did pond water it was they were disgusting so i would take pictures of those but i would stage the photos in the kitchen you know everything's all sleek there's black granite and chrome and shot i would put all the under cabinet lights on and it's all shiny and amazing and i had my beautiful green luminous juice in this pint glass and it would look fantastic but then my comment would be something like this tasted like you know like slot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I did have a little yeah a little period um doing that, but it was kind of like poking fun at what you were just talking about with these people who take this stuff so freaking seriously, and it makes I know I know, you I know it's it's, it's 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 weird. It's a very uh, I don't know. I just can't I can't comprehend it really. You know, I, I I the funny thing is when we did when I did the BGT, they said to me it was a very young producers, and they went to me okay so. What, what we suggest you do with your Instagram, and I went, my, my what? <laughs> they said, in, they said Instagram. I went, what's what's Instagram? They said, sorry, you haven't got an Instagram account. I went, well, I ain't got a clue what you're talking about. They went Instagram. It's it's basically it's, it's photos. You put them up in videos. And I went, right to to, to who? What, to, what? Why? And they went, well, so people could look at it. I went, but. Who's going to look at it? And they went, well, people are going to follow you. I went, why are they going to follow me? I said, because you, you know, you're going to be on Britain's Got Talent and you've done this. And I'm thinking, this is just weird. This is really strange. And when you still look at it, I still look back at it and I go, this is still bloody weird. It's still, it's it's just, I mean, I don't even know how to tweet. <laughs> a mate of mine who's, who's, who's a media guy, he said, look, I'll just look after your, you know, your media for you. And I went, okay, yeah, just do it. I know how to use Instagram now. And okay. I look on Facebook, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I haven't got a clue. I, I have not got a clue. I've got, yeah. I ain't got a clue. I, I went, yeah, okay, whatever. So I let them I let them deal with it. No problem. Oh, God, mate, I, I envy you, actually, because I'm so, over the past sort of 10 plus years, I've become so embroiled in that BS. Not to the level of I'm taking pictures of my food, or, or staging, you know, myself. What is it? Doing the duck lip thing. You know, you see these people, not just women, but guys as well, who do this. They pose, they pout, basically. They're pouting in, in an obscure way to, I'm guessing, to make themselves look slimmer, or I, I don't know what it is. And look, I, I don't want to 
bash on anybody's parade who does do that stuff but you got to understand when you're looking at it when you when, when you've got a middle-aged person looking at it who's not really got that much of an interest in that stuff it's kind of it's a bit odd but oh yeah i do envy you that you're you know you you can actually distance yourself from that i mean i've tried a couple of times but that it's that al pacino thing from godfather 3 right just when you think you're out they pull you back in and you're like fuck yeah, yeah, it's this weird addictive thing. But anyway, it's very strange. It's very odd, and it's it's. I can see why it gets addictive because it's just you know sit there and just scroll and yeah. and that's it. I always think of the end of Wally. If you've ever seen the film Wally, yeah, the end of Wally where every person is this big fat person in a big tracksuit and yeah. they're in their own little pod. We like that now anyway because of bloody COVID. Yeah. You know, but. Everybody's got their own screen in front of them. Nobody talks to each other. Nobody makes communication. They just all like, you know, that's it. And they're just all going down the line. And yeah. And I just think, my God, we, we're turning that. We're turning that way. Yeah. You yeah. know, obesity and all this sort of stuff. And, and it was very strange. When the pandemic hit and we're at the height of it, yeah. people's Facebook were, was boring because they had nothing to <laughs> to. to so look at me, I'm 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 in Marbella, I'm in you know Costa del Sol, I'm in the Bahamas. They were, they were posting old pictures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, here I am. This is me in Dubai in 2016. I had a great time. Flipping it. it. Can't wait to go back to you know Montenegro. Oh right, okay, who cares? This is a picture of you in your garden. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, like so, the, the pictures now are like what you were saying before. Nobody wants to see them sat there in their pajamas watching TV or whatever, having their dinner. But that's kind of what's happening. And I did just post a video of Dubai from this time last year. <laughs> see, the first time. See? And I took this picture. I'm that guy. I'm like <laughs> thinking, fuck. Why am I still? Oh God. You've become that person. But I am. It's like, oh. It's like pining for that old world. But the irony of this is that I love being at home. Like, yeah. yes, it's killing my back and I've, I'm putting on weight and I'm not getting any fresh air. But like to just sit here at home, yeah, I don't know. Oh, God, I'm turning into the guys at the end of Wally, basically. That is going to be me. By the end of this pandemic, if it ever ends, that's me. <laughs> You're going to be in a tracksuit in a pod. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can't afford the pod, so I'm just going to be on my sofa, basically. <laughs> Cause, cause it, so, yeah, that's it. Matt, um, thank you so much, mate, for taking the time. My pleasure, my pleasure, my absolute pleasure. We've righted the world, we've made a few complaints. <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah, we've told exactly what we think of people. Um, so, <laughs> apart from that, if you're pouting on, on, on Instagram, don't do it anymore. <laughs> Ladies, you don't need to pump your lips up and look like um, some sort of guppy fish. You don't need to do that. You don't have to have a bum like Kim Kardashian, whoever Kim Kardashian is. I haven't got a clue. Uh, please don't watch Love Island because if you do, you've got the mental capacity of an Aspie Destra. So there you go. That's my that's my rant for the day. <laughs> oh, brilliant! That is so great, um, Matt. I hope uh, you know with the work and everything. I hope you're not being too. Um, affected by it. i know you you are doing odds and sods like you said i hope it just keeps building up and i hope you thank you very much normality no, i appreciate it thank you so much no problem you take care loads of love and i'll see you again take care